a clear path forward. This is a video on separation, separatism, separatist movements. It's targeting specifically provincial movements to separate from the nation of Canada. It's a program that can be utilized by any separatist movement at any level. It's, it's a 100% scalable program can start uh, at any level. In fact, it's created to um, begin with uh, two or three people and it can uh, coordinate the activities of any number. There's no maximum. So the uh, first problem of that separatists face, of course, is coordination. And the very methodologies used to separate are configured to make separation as difficult as possible, meaning the um, separatist uh, program is generally designed by the um, organization or the power that has least vested interest in seeing separation happen. Ergo the um, national government. And um, most separatist movements look to the program and the methodology that has been designed by the federal government to preclude separation. However, they can't um, say it's uh, impossible or not legal to ever separate because that wouldn't be democratic. It wouldn't be consistent with our democratic ideals. However, they're not going to say separation is um, perfectly acceptable. It's just you know, you're in or out depending on how you feel at that time. They create a, something that makes the process as long and arduous and difficult and as many, with as many pitfalls as is possible to um, create. So, um, because this is a democratic country, the idea is the separatists have to get a sizable majority, not a um, numerical majority, but a, um, a uh, what would you call a quorum majority, that is a majority of a certain number. And this of course makes separation very difficult because as fast as what you're gaining adherence there are people that are dropping off and getting distracted and or dying or whatever, I mean, depending how long the process takes. And uh, at any moment, the federal government can come in and pacify a certain amount of these uh, dissidents. So it's a very long and difficult process, which is why once the country got confederated, we haven't lost anyone and I'm saying that is primarily 
the the reason the difficulty of disassociating um rather than the um unmitigated joy of being in a federated uh, nation. So let's assume there is a desire for separation and this is a small kernel of persons. So what we need preferentially could do with is a group that is geographically proximus. We need people who can um, associate on ground, ground zero uh, physically. And what we need or what they need is a um, focus for the separation because a lot of the error of the separatist movements is they're not been um, really focused like the idea is to f separate um, politically this is what uh, Quebec has generally tried to achieve and it's what Alberta and the um, prairie provinces have been engaged in. But this isn't really necessarily effective because the problem, like with Quebec separating, is that if they remain dependent on the rest of Canada, it's going to be very difficult. And obviously, Total separation isn't feasible. We're, there's, we're geographically proximus, and there's always going to be economic ties. But to try and separate politically while maintaining all of the economic and social um, interrelations makes things very difficult. And again, we're trying to make the separation process feasible and this means we eliminating as many um, barriers and um, hindrances to separation as possible and let me just say here the objective of separating from Canada is not to destroy Canada but to empower the people to make the country in effect stronger because it becomes based on a stronger um, unity, a, a unity based on strong, a strong foundation. And we can't do this from the top down. If we're going to reconfigure uh, the provinces, even the towns and the villages and the um, sectors, uh, and the, the world itself, we need to start from a strong foundation, and that is the the um, social networks. These are our traditional and ancient uh, social groups, 
And this is where we need to get back to and rebuild on them. So a social group or a social network is anywhere from 3 to 12, perhaps 20 people on the outside, but let's make 12 the, um, the happy medium. And when we get to 12 or past 12, we need to start thinking about splitting the group into two or more uh, sub, uh, subgroups or um, daughter cells, as the house church movement would call it. So the the group of 12 or 15 or whatever is the mother cell and the cell splits organically along the line of least resistant, that is, uh, into two groups, that each group having some kind of speciality, something more in common with each other than they may do with a totality. But getting back to the um, the movement itself, um, we start with as few people as what we have. The, the movement itself relies only on people, not on assets, not on wealth, not on power, position. It just takes people because culture itself only depends on people acting together and we develop culture through um, specialization and helping each other out in specialized way. So the um, separatist movement is based on a focused way of people helping each other out. This makes the separation a compact and focused way. Obviously at the outset you're not separating from the country, you're not separating from anyone other than you're creating the, the uh, foundation for the for the movement to grow and we do this at the simplest most basic level and again this is can be looked at as three or four or five people whatever helping each other out and this needs to be on a um, targeted uh, basis so um, there has to be some kind of common um, thread running through the group. It could be just as simple as helping with the housework and the yard work. You have three neighbors coming around and each helping the other two uh, with their work and moving around helping each other out. This gives us a fair um, picture of what the basic um, movement looks like at the start. Uh, we're going to give the um, separatist movement a name. We're going to call it an exchange because it's based on exchanging help. And so uh, we get the small 
group, which is called an exchange, with the members helping one another out. Now, the key ingredient here is accountability, because every movement falls apart on the basis of freeloading. And if you take nothing else out of this video, but two words, you'll have achieved a great deal. And those two words are freeloading and accountability. Accountability stops freeloading. If you don't stop freeloading, you have no movement. It'll eventually fall apart. So, everybody, accountability is what people do, people get paid for. We do not look for volunteers. We don't look for free labor. We don't look for the cheapest way of doing things. We're looking to help one another out and we are to do this we are being accountable. Now accountability has two um, phases or two perspectives. One version of accountability is that if I do something that creates costs for others, I pay for it. I pay my own cost, you pay your own cost. This is negative accountability. We're accountable for the cost we create. But there's another accountability that's just as important, and that is if you do something for me or something for the group, I am accountable for that. I have to see that you get paid. You cannot, I cannot allow you to work for nothing. I cannot allow you to work for less than the going rate. You deserve your pay. Everybody does. If you're creating value for the movement, you get paid. Now this may seem to cause some kind of problem because the first thought is, well, where does the money come in, come from? Well, what are you thinking of when you think of money? This is the question to ask yourself. Are you thinking, where does the money from the bank comes from? Where do we get the money from the government? How can I get money from the government or the bank so that I can pay um, Joe or Sally or John? Because if you're thinking this, you're tied to the higher culture. You're tied to the, the system that's got you tied to the federal government. We have to, if you're separating, and this is what I'm trying to stress here, if you're going to separate, you have to separate. And your whole focus have to, has to be on separation. You can't look at separation as a, a thread you're going to cut, like the political thread. Separation has to be a totality. And if you're going to separate from the federal government, you need to separate from the federal institutions, banks and federally uh, issued currencies. So, the trap what you're in is that you th you're thinking of 
money as currency. Currency is an asset produced in multiples of itself or in denominations used as a medium of exchange. But it the base it's it's an asset. It's owned by someone. It's produced by someone. It's a product. So if you're dependent on somebody's product, you're dependent on them. And if you're dependent on them, you're dependent on who they are answerable to or who they are exist um, on the, by the courtesy of. And of course, this goes back to the federal government. But money itself is nothing more than a way to measure value. It, money is no more unique or mysterious than a foot ruler or the autometer on your car. It measures units. And just as rulers measure inches and feet and autometers measure miles or kilometers, money measures values. So a dollar is a unit of value. But you don't have to use dollars to measure a unit of value because the dollar is an asset and you can buy dollars and when you buy dollars it changes their value because demand, buying, changes the value of the asset or product purchased. So the um, separatist movement, the exchange, needs to create their own money and of course, all this means is to create a system of accountability, a way to measure value, so that when you do something for me, I can see that you get a certain measure of value. And if we want to create units of value, because units of value are just as arbitrary as units of, um, of inches, or units of uh, dist distance measure, or length measure, or weight measure, um, we can create units of value um, called something beside dollars. And what, uh, the, the name we're using here is prayers. And the reason that um, we're using this is because it's a contraction of preferred shares, P-R-A-R-E-S, prayers. And why we're contracting money into a um, synonym for preferred shares is because the money, the, the measure of value is based on the equity in the exchange. And let me explain. When we set up the exchange, assets are um, donated to the exchange. This is called a capitalization phase. And instead of giving them these assets or the exchange capital a dollar value, we give it a preferred shares value a prayer's value, 
prayers can be kept at par, one prayer equaling one dollar, but it's important to use prayers because um, we need our own capital, we need to be liquid, and so long as we're tied to the federal system, we're not going to have the liquidity needed to push through the separation movement, the separatist movement. These prayers can be given a physical uh, form, as in um, paper, same as look, looking like a dollar, or you can use an account book. You can use a card, you can open up a, an account with a credit union and give each person a card, back up the assets um, of the exchange with um, an account in the uh, credit union and give everybody uh, a card based on the um, preferred shares of the relative value of the account. There's different ways, in short, that this uh, can be done, the creating of money. And you can look at the uh, video, How to Create Money, for uh, more on this. But we create our own currency, our own unit of value. And so when each person does something for the other one, they get paid. And you get paid according to a living wage. So the exchange defines a living wage and for Canada this could be 15 or 17 dollars. The amount isn't um, important, but it needs to be set, and it should be um, set at a reasonable level that everybody can adopt to make it universal, be applicable as the exchange grows. So this is why the 15 to 17 dollar range is suggested, but it's payable in prayers or preferred shares. So when one member does um, an hour's work, they're paid 15 preferred share units. And uh, it's the exchange that pays them, or it's um, collectible on the exchange. So if you help me for two hours, I pay you 30 preferred shares, but it's payable by the exchange, meaning you can go to any member of the exchange and get value equal to 30 preferred shares or prayers. And the idea now is to get people involved in this um, association, this movement. And it is a separate, separatist movement because as this configuration grows, this exchange expands and develops more goods and services to provide. The goods and services that you're dependent on through the federal system 
aren't you aren't dependent on anymore and so it's a de facto separation because as you become independent as a group you're no longer dependent and being independent means you're separate um, look at the Mennonites they're within the country and they're not separate per se but they're not dependent in the sense that we are and the exchange system creates that kind of um, situation but it's a bit more sophisticated but it gives you an idea of what uh, you're aiming for so the idea is to get something started anything and then gradually build on it in an organic fashion and that's how it grows and the more more you develop the system the more separate you become and this the exchange system actually is able to provide what are called social goods that is highways educational system even a justice system independent of the federal system it's all organic it's all uh, done through exchanges of preferred uh, preferred shares and there are many other videos and the website to expand on this and develop your understanding but uh, this is just uh, an introduction and I hope it has been useful to you